Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, we'll be recapping uh, the North Round 1 tournament that took place. And here to join me now is Rebecca, Mark, and Eric. Um, guys, why don't you go ahead and just, uh, you know, for the sake of motions, introduce yourself. And we'll just go ahead and start with you, Rebecca. You can go first. Sure. Well, uh, I'm Rebecca Chapel. I play for Final Justice. And we played Open and Pinch. Awesome. I am Mark Trapetti. I play for Chicago Task Force in both the open round and the pinch round. And I'm Eric Stone, Captain T.C. Bush, and we just played open this round. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for, for joining and um, for returning. Um, had a lot of fun with you guys last year. Get to know you guys more, get to know the North more. As we're kind of discussing offline, some of the team names are starting to, to stick a little bit, so that's that's, that's probably a good sign. And um, let's just uh, actually, I want to start with you, Mark. Um, I'm I still expect Kraken. So, what happened there? If you don't mind me, just just going in, into task force. Can you explain how that happened? Uh, it wasn't nothing too crazy. I just in the end, I just kind of wanted to try something new. Uh, had been with Kraken for a few years. We were Bear Jordan before that and still very friendly with everyone on the team. Just wanted to try something new, gave up the captaincy just because I needed more time. I started grad school, so just with a bunch of changes, I just decided to try something different. I played with Task Force once before, back when Elite first started with the throwdown and very friendly with the guys. I'm from the Chicago area, so kind of just seemed like it fit. It's like a natural natural transition so to speak yeah awesome and did you say uh, i don't know if we talked about this offline just before we started or if, if you said it previously but uh did did you take over for glenn did you take his his role more or less because that's another trying big change to, right yeah trying to step into that role now that glenn's playing on the west full time yeah um so i and this kind of kind of segues into what we're talking about like with the first question that was just like what was the biggest difference um round one and to kind of just move off move away from from your team and, and just noticing that the first thing I saw um, what other changes did you did you notice for round one just from round three from what you can remember going into uh, this past weekend uh, definitely some of the new teams that were there I would say the biggest difference was some of the new teams just noting that one or two teams that weren't there I know Ohio Legacy plans to be at more of the rounds but they weren't there for that one and then to go along with my thing, just the other players that change teams and teams having new looks and so like some roster changes and like team rebranding, um, mm -hmm. uniform wise. Did uh did the, the level of competition feel different at all? Like did did it feel tougher or pretty much on par with where you guys left off in round three? Like did anything seem shaky or like how did that feel? Let's say I'll let, I'll let them cover it, but I guess I, for me, every tournament seems like the competition gets better and it leads more teams get used to the rules and everything. But I wonder what the other Rebecca and Eric have on that one too. For sure. So we'll go ahead and uh, go with you, Eric, and you're kind of to put some notes in here. So we'll kind of just go through them. Um, what, would, what would you say your first biggest difference was that you noticed? Um, well, the biggest thing for me was that I was injured, so I was unable to play. Um, so it was definitely a different role that I was in for this tournament, just being on the sidelines and coaching the team and, um, 
it's it was a struggle it was i mean it's really anxiety provoking just watching your team and having like no control at all you know whatsoever on on the outcome uh it's kind of a helpless feeling but uh the guys played extremely well um so it was it was still great to be a part of it and to support the to support the guys out there for sure and and i'm kind of glad you brought that up because i when we were talking about how you're like rock climbing as part of like uh, recovering your shoulder, right? That's what the injury is. Um, no, actually. So I, I got my shoulder um, pretty much back together and, and feeling really good. Um, I was with my shoulder injury. It kind of, it kind of really came to a head around the time of worlds this past year. I was having like a lot of overuse symptoms and some tendonitis going on. Right. And so I started physical therapy and then I took all of January and February off without any throwing just to be able to rest and do a little bit of strengthening and um, just some more exercising to try to get myself healthy. And my physical therapist actually recommended rock climbing um, to strengthen my shoulder and to stretch it out. So I really got into that and that really helped get my shoulder back. And then I, I think it was the Grand Rapids Open was kind of my first time getting back into like throwing, I guess, full time or my first tournament after resting. Um, and that went really well. So my shoulder was, you know, back feeling 100%. Um, but then I was probably about a week and a half before round one. I was, it was late at night. I was doing the dishes. And it, this is really dumb, but I was just doing the dishes and a plate broke while I was washing it and I just sliced the top of my thumb open. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. And actually nicked the tendon on the top of the thumb a little bit. Um, so had to go to the emergency room, get stitches and all that nice. stuff. And I've seen a hand specialist a couple times now. And so that put me out for round one, um, just resting and trying to get, trying to get my, my hand better for some tournaments overseas that are coming up. Gotcha. Doing the right thing and not, not risking worse injury or, or aggravating it or splitting it back open or tearing it back open. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Man. I got the, yeah, I got the stitches out probably three or four days before, before round one. Yeah. Well, I mean, and not to, not to diss you in any way, but I mean, Bush took first, right? Yeah, they did. Okay. So for them to be able to come together and, and, and do that, you know, in your absence, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's a testament to, you know, the team and, and what they're capable of. So, um, hopefully that anxiety kind of went away a little bit, um, after they won, but you, will you be back during round two or when, when do you expect to come oh, back? Yeah. Okay. yeah, absolutely. I'll be back for round two for sure. Um, we're going over to the Atlantic cup April 20th and then over to the Asia Pacific a- uh, international in Auckland the weekend after. So I pretty much made up my mind that I'm going to play in those no matter what. Awesome. So as long as I can keep myself healthy, I'll be, I'll be good to go for round two. Yeah. I mean, just watch plates and it's, I I see this in memes all the time and it's not related, but I mean, when you get to a certain age, like anything can injure you now, (laughs) you just gotta be careful and take care of yourself. So, um, yeah, well, you know, hopefully that's that's the 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 rest of it, and you won't be uh, injured anymore. And we'll see you and talk about it during round two. But um, let's uh, let's talk about some of the other notes here. You said um, so the divisions were the same, open and pinch. Um, 
but you noted here it would be great to see open or co-ed no sting in north um can you kind of elaborate that a little bit yeah um well i I mean i don't think it's any secret that you know boosh and well it's tough to say because we we do have some players that are that i would say are primary 8.5 and and love 8.5 um but i think just a lot of our background is in you know seven inch foam no sting that's just our just one of our preferred styles right um and so i you know and before round one you know we basically just put it to a vote on on the team and you know without saying how anyone voted um you know the vote just came out that we didn't want to play pinch so you know we didn't end up signing up for pinch and are you guys um, are our pinch heavy team like was that your your thing in the past or you said foam is basically your where you stuck with so that wasn't like a huge shock when you guys didn't show up for pinch um i mean i'm not sure how other teams took it i mean we've never really been a contender in pinch right um i mean somehow we found ourselves in the championship at nationals down in <laughs> new orleans a couple of years ago um you know and that was basically because of Derek johnson just making some ridiculous catches match after match um okay um that really helped that. us get to that point uh but I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't call us a pinch team, and, and we're definitely not a contender in the North for pinch. Um, okay. And I think, just kind of speaking for my team a little bit, I think the reasoning, you know, was guys just, they're just not that into it, you know? Um, and granted, a lot of other teams and players in the North really are. So, uh, you know, this is just, you know, speaking on behalf of some of my players. Um, you know, they're just not really into it. They don't want to get injured. They would rather, they would just rather rest or just focus all on open. And, you know, they're just content with that. Gotcha. They just, they'd rather Um, not die as I would put it. But I think, you know, honestly, I think if you look at the North, you know, it's with the North, like the, the vast majority of the North is either, they're either current NCDA players or former NCDA players. You know, so the pinch style is, you know, it's got a special place in the North and it's the background, you know, for a lot of the players and teams that come out to the North. Um, But even with that being said, I think if you like hypothetically, if you made players choose between an open division or a pinch division for the second division, like if you ran them simultaneously, I bet it'd probably be about an even split of teams in the north, probably about half of them would play pinch, and the other half would play would play no sting open if they were given the choice. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, I, guess, I agree with that, Eric. Yeah. The only thing I would add to it would be that you know if we did have an open no sting division or co ed no sting division, we would probably get more local teams. At least when we're in Minneapolis and in Chicago, we would get more competitive local teams that would come out to play no sting who wouldn't otherwise come out to play 8.5. Um, but as Mark brought up earlier, you know, that wouldn't be the case if we were in, you know, Ohio or if we were in Michigan, um, you know, we probably wouldn't be bringing like more teams out for no sting. We probably have a couple more teams out for pinch in those areas. Gotcha. And like, so kind of go back to, to new teams and, and, 
like I, I want to say like potential for growth um, with this tournament that took place. Um, and Mark, you kind of alluded to it. So Frostbite um, was that was that a new team along with um, that came from NCDA, and then Air Patrol. Yeah, Frostbite. Half the guys on that team played last year as uh, the Space Monkey Mafia, and they rebranded, formed a new team, grabbed a couple more of the guys from the Bowling Green team. I see. And then how about um, Air Patrol? That was a local Minneapolis team. Gotcha. Um, so just just some local players from the area here um, that came out to play. And do you think um, what they experienced with, with Pinch and, and Open, that they'll stick around? Or do you think they're kind of waiting for, as you're kind of alluding, like more no singer foam? No, they're, I mean, they're kind of a one-and-done team. You know, if, if there's ever a round, um, you know, here in the cities, I'm, I'm sure they'll come out. Um, they just played open. They didn't play pinch at all. I see. Um, but they're, they're not a team that is like travel ready or would be joining the North, you know, full time. Gotcha. What about a uh, family? And is this a, is this a typo? Is it fam one Lee or... Is it no, just yeah, spelled, spelled something right. like that. Yeah, it is with a one. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Like, um, well, I say like lead speak, I think that's what it's called. It's like they use like the E's for the, like the number three for E's. But do you know anything about them, um, Rebecca, or any of you guys? Not too much. Um, I, I mean, I knew that they did what they did UDC, right? Yeah, it looks like yeah, um, Indianapolis UDC team. Yeah, other than that, I did not know much about them. I actually did not even know about them until Elite released the schedule. Gotcha. Um, well, they beat Gamecocks. We can kind of talk about that later on. Um, so I, I would say they're not they're not too bad. Uh, but they did seed last, so... Yeah, they had, they had some athletes out there, obviously, coming from their roots in UDC. Yeah, and... Big learning curve, I think, obviously, when you're playing your first tournament. Yeah, you're playing on, yeah. on the ground and not the not trampoline. They had some good moments. It just seemed to, they seemed way, uh, for, lack of, for lack of being able to explain this, I guess they seemed a little more out of their element with the fact that they were on ground playing their first real, like, elite in the north. Right. That they'd start to get up on a team and all of a sudden, you know, like, communication or something would happen that, they'd realize like, oh, we're not playing fast paced like trampolines right now. We're actually, you know, like losing ball possession. And then we're, you know, standing back here doing this. And I had happened to talk to a couple of them. And that's one big thing they said was they just lose their communication when they got up. So I think if those guys can actually work on their communication, they'll be really good. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully they, we see them return for round two and, and they don't take the, the air patrol route. Um, because I definitely want to see growth, and I, that's kind of what I was going back to with like new teams here versus what could potentially be there for if, if you guys did no Stinger Foam for later rounds. But um, before I ask what your major differences or takeaways were, Rebecca, do you were you kind of do you agree with Eric what he was saying? Where um, if people had a choice between like Pinch or No Sting or Open, the majority of the teams would would choose Pinch. Um, no, I kind of I agree with Eric and Mark how they said it would be about a 50-50 split. I think the hard line for where you'd see pinch being chosen versus open and nosing being chosen is right in that Chicago Grand Rapids. Like 
anything east of Grand Rapids, you're going to see a lot more people choosing Pinch, like Dynasty, uh, Final Justice, uh, Notorious, Frostbite, and then the Chicago, Minneapolis area, because those guys, you know, have more opportunities for no sting and foam and open and everything. That just seems to be more of an opportunity for those teams to play. But also with, like they said, when you get to the Michigan and Ohio regions, you have the NCDA teams. And because we are a pinch league, everything is so strongly rooted in pinch that I don't think you'll get a lot of those guys to get a whole team that wants to go out of their element and play something different. Right. Yeah. You just see like a line drawn on a map like this here is pinch and territory. Yeah. Um, I know that's, I mean, kudos to the teams that, that will cross over and, and try something new. So, um, just real quick shout out to family. I don't know if anybody's listening, but from that team, but, um, it's good to see that there's there's a place for UDC teams and hopefully they they stick it out and we'll see more of them transition to to ground or elite. But um, moving to the the original question, um, what major differences did you did you notice for for this round versus um, you know round three? Um, I think just newer faces. Uh, a lot of the newer faces I had seen, like how Mark said with Frostbite when they picked up a couple NCDA guys. Uh, we picked up two NCDA guys. We're all a lot of collegiate players that came out minus um, Air Patrol. But a lot of younger people have been coming out and starting to try this. Nice. And I think we're seeing a shift into some younger teams that also have caused you know people to move around their teams from some of the older players moving away from it or you know slowly getting out of dodgeball. And it's really caused a lot of like roster changes and new names to really have the opportunity to put themselves out there. Gotcha. That's good to hear. I mean, definitely want to hear that, you know, the NCDA is kind of feeding into elite and it's at least providing replacements for when, you know, the older guys move on. Cause I definitely feel like we kind of had that issue maybe on the West a little bit. Um, you know, you have a bunch of people that have been playing for years. Um, and once we retire or move on, really isn't much of a backfill and i remember talking to mark about how the nc day could potentially be amazing for that so that's good to see that that's kind of happening um let's go into um just a single elimination format um and we'll start with you mark did you have any any thoughts or did you have like and this is totally just your opinion did you like did you like it did you appreciate it or what were how'd you feel about it at first when i heard about the change i thought i wasn't gonna like it but when it played out i i loved it I thought it was so exciting, so much fun. Absolutely. Uh, you just saw the upsets right away. I mean, the big one that everybody saw was uh, Corruption beating Dynasty. Oh, that was huge. It's like in the past, if like you you allow that slip up and then you're like, oh, well, Dynasty's probably going to end up in the finals anyway against somebody. Uh, but, I, I mean, it was so exciting. I, I love the single elimination. What uh, was there a specific aspect you liked of it, or did you have a couple that you appreciated, or like how, how did it turn your how did it change your opinion? Well, with the best of seven, I think it allows teams to 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 you'll you'll have like that slip up in a in a single game every once in a while, but it allows people to like get their feet back under them and really make these games good. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I think. Uh, Whereas, okay. Yeah, before with like the best of three, the game could be over before you get your feet under you. Sometimes. Yeah. So or the whole match would be. So it's like a little more forgiving, gives the teams a chance to kind of rally and and not let some really bad, you know, double, triple out or some really potentially crappy call completely turn the game. It's it's like a deliberate action. Like this team won against this other team four times. Like that's not an accident. Is that kind of what you're going towards? Yeah, and even a little bit, I think it allows you to if you if you're a team that uses some pretty good strategies, you can adjust a little bit which you never had the luxury of before. Gotcha. And because uh, I've only experienced experienced this through the Tribune, and uh, same thing, I really was not liking it at first. I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know how this is going to translate come elite time. But then when I played in it, I mean, it's a lot of dodgeball that can happen, and you have a lot of chances to, to recover and, and beat a team, and same vice versa. So it's, it's a, definitely a battle. So... Um, I think I'm pretty much sold. I, I like the idea a lot, but do you feel like you played any less dodgeball as a result or any more? Cause I, I know that that was probably an issue with some people because some of us from the NDL days that were used to single tournaments, were that was awful. Like you got robbed, but um, how'd you feel, you know, game time-wise with single elimination? Did that change at all or more or less? It To me, it kind of did feel similar. Like I didn't feel like I lost any more game time or really gained any more game time. Nice. Uh there was even a couple of times early in the bracket where we were winning games and I had already lost track of the score <laughs> uh, in the best of seven because I was so used to just being like, oh, we won two games, it's over now? No? Okay. Still going. <laughs> um, so you, you can say you got your money's worth, more or less, with that division or with, uh, with that change? Yeah, and timing-wise, I think it ended up being about the same as a, the double elimination best of three games took also. So Nice. Uh, moving to you, Eric, you said um, absolutely. Do you remember what that comment was towards? Like, do you share Mark's sentiments? Or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty much right with him with, with everything he said about single elimination. Um, I've got a little bit of experience with single limb. Like, with the UDC, that was always single limb. Uh, WDBF has always been single limb, too. And so I think it just creates a lot more intensity in the match when it's it's one and done you kind of have that one shot but at the same time it's a best of seven so you know i feel like you know the better team is going to show themselves you know with that series so i i just really love the intensity of it that single elimination brings um so i feel like you wouldn't really get that before that same level of intensity like you'd feel with you know the udc when it was you know when you know everything was on the line you know, for one match right? or, you know, in the WDBF when it was, you know, this is it, you know, either win or, 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 and go on or lose and go home. So yeah, I, I really like the intensity of single elimination. Um, I think it's also a lot easier for spectators to follow. Not that um, elite has a lot of spectators, but you know, if you look at, you know, all the major sports, um, they're pretty much all single elimination. Um, I think double a double elimination bracket just looks like a mess to you know the layperson looking at it who doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah, I will say looking at these brackets on uh, the past recaps, it's it's been a lot easier to kind of tell a story and not have to double back. Yeah, and be like, oh wait a minute, sure. where were you guys when this happened? And did you catch this match? Um, yeah. yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. And um, 
And Mark, and um, feel free to, to chime in too. Did you guys take um, round robin more seriously as a result, knowing that you're going into single elimination and knowing that your seed is even more important than it, than it would have been previously? I think we we didn't necessarily take it any more seriously than we did in the past, just because we've we've always taken it seriously. In the end, we're competing, but uh, it definitely was in our mind that there was a little more importance to get a higher seed. Right. For sure. How about you, Eric? What was your team's uh, mentality going into round robin? Yeah, I mean, I I was really you know pushing the guys to to you know, do their best, get a high seed. I think we've, we've always done pretty well in, in round robin, um, at least the last, last couple seasons. Um, but I, I do think round robin is, and getting a high seed is, is really important. Um, a lot more important with single elimination. Um, with double elimination, you can kind of get away with, you know, taking it easy and round robin, which I don't think was ever really an issue. I think, you know, most teams out there are, you know, giving it their all, whether it's single or, or double. Right. I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, I think it's definitely, you, you definitely want to get a higher seed. Just a little bit more so than, than previously, but still, for the competitive teams out there, every game matters regardless. Yeah. Gotcha. And um, just out of curiosity, like, what, what happens, if anything, um, psychologically when you see a team like Dynasty go out and you know that's one less tough team you have to face? Did that impact you guys at all? Um, or did you just kind of pay attention to what was in front of you? Oh, I don't think it's any secret. We were pretty thrilled to see corruption okay. take out <laughs> Dynasty. <laughs> uh, nice. I, don't, I don't think we were the only ones either because, I mean, let's face it, Dynasty. You weren't the only ones. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Dynasty, uh, I mean, they're amazing dodgeball team they're a great group of players and i think a lot of people would say they they've you know as far as their roster goes and you know the addition they made um with some of their players i mean they're looked even stronger this year um you know they're going to be a team that's going to be you know that's you know preseason is anticipated to you know make a good run for the rings so and we're in a position where we want those rings too. So, you know, seeing a team like Dynasty just end up with one point and get eliminated right away, I mean, absolutely, we were thrilled. Nice. <laughs> it's a collective, <laughs> collective sigh I mean, of relief in the gym. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I mean, we're kind of visibly celebrating pretty clearly on the, <laughs> on the live stream, which I didn't realize that's where the camera was. But Oh, and, nice. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, the whole gym went wild. I think... Uh, Everyone loves seeing them go down just because they've been on top now for a little bit. I don't think Dynasty felt any more hated in that moment than they ever have before. Like, just the entire <laughs> gym, I think literally every single person was like, yeah! <laughs> Dang. Yeah. And those those guys got to know that, I mean, when, when people are cheering that loud when you lose or when you get out as a player, I mean, it's because you're really good. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It's kind of like know? a... And I, I think those guys are mature enough to realize that. Um and I mean, yeah, they're definitely just a team to beat in the North for sure. That's funny. It's like, well, F us, I guess. But then at the same time, like you said, you know, they're cheering on the other team because maybe they want the underdog to win or maybe they just want somebody else to, to take take over. But um, it's got to feel somewhat good to know that, you know, if you get well, knocked yeah. out, people are, it's a big deal. Well, when you first, when you first see that single 
elimination bracket too. It's like, wow, okay, dynasty wins. We're gonna have to face them right away, you yeah. know. And you know, the last the last two open championships in the north have been Boosh and Dynasty. Uh, but that would have been just a really early matchup between you know two top teams in the north. So it, yeah, it just adds a whole new, whole new dynamic to it when you have such an intense game like that so early. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm still laughing at. I'm still laughing at the. Uh, yeah, there's no joke or it's, it's no uh, no secret. We definitely were happy. <laughs> um, you also mentioned in your notes um, that single elimination benefited you guys greatly uh, due to your matchup against Kaiju. Do you want to kind of go into that real quick or do you want to save that for when we actually go over the brackets? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can hit on that um, because we, so we faced off against Kaiju in the semifinal and found ourselves in a hole. We were down 3-1 and, you know, I mean, had our backs against the wall, um, which I, it was just created a really intense match and some really intense games because, you know, we had to win three in a row in order to close out that match. Dang. Um, so just every single play, you know, for three games straight is just, you're just on edge. You know, it means so much because you can't let another game fall, you know? Um, but yeah, so, I mean, if it was double elimination under the old format, I mean, that would have sent us down to the loser's bracket because we were down, you know, three to one. Right. Um, but because it was single elimination with the best of seven, we had that opportunity to keep on playing and force the game seven and then, and then pulled it off in, in game seven to make the final. For sure. And then, you know, since you couldn't play, unfortunately, like, were you just, just yelling at your team? Like, were you like kind of a, like a coach role or what were you doing during this time? Uh, I was, I was yelling huddle a lot. Right. That was kind of like my line. Like, cause Guys would get ball control, and I just, you know, yell for guys to huddle up. And I wasn't really calling any plays. I just wanted them to get together to call the play and create the deception, you know, for the other team. Right. Um, but it's just, yeah, it was just, just a helpless, anxious feeling. <laughs> it was actually extremely exhausting um, in just a different mental way. I mean, I, I was just totally exhausted after the tournament. Yeah. Um, I didn't throw a single ball or make a single catch. But you're still exhausted. It's definitely a different mental slash emotional toll on you. Yeah. Um, let's go to your opinion, Rebecca, just on single elimination format. I know you kind of echoed some of the comments with uh, people being, or your team being relieved that Dynasty was out. But um, before we do that, how did you guys approach around Robin? Did it change your, your angle at all, at all? Or are you just taking every single game seriously regardless? It definitely did change our look on things. I know uh, last year, you know, when it was double elimination, our teams, when we'd start to get tired, we'd say, okay, you know, like, conserve your arms. This isn't as important. Like, we're still going to be decent in seeding with this, that we'll be okay to conserve some of our bigger arms and let the lesser throwers take these last couple matches. Whereas this time now it's like, okay, we can't exactly still take it easy because hypothetically we'll be facing this team or this team if we start taking it easy and losing matches now and it really caused us to step up and dig a little deeper but i do agree with eric and mark that uh the single elim is definitely very intense and i think you play just a little differently 
with how it is knowing that you have, you know, the seven game streak and you're pretty much going home. Like we would be in the huddle and I'd keep telling our team, you know, like winner, go home, boys, winner, go home. You have like, you have two games left. You have potentially one game left, whatever it was. And touching on what Eric said about them coming back three, one, we ended up having the exact opposite happen in open with being up three, one on Kraken. And then just a couple bad plays swung the momentum so heavily for Kraken that they ended up forcing game seven and it was just, it did not go well. <laughs> I definitely want to, don't want to add insult to injury, but I want to ask more about that, that match uh, when we go into like kind of reviewing the back it, but um, just going, going back to single animation real quick, were you, were you, did you have any thoughts prior to it? Like, were you against it kind of like Mark or skeptical? And then you turned I was into... indifferent about it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure just because I was so used to playing double elimination tournaments that, um, it, well with elite, I should say NCDA, no, but with elite, I was so used to having that second chance and having the games be shorter that I wasn't sure how best of seven would go because I felt like it could be very drawn out, um, for teams to try and tire out the other to swing the momentum. Right. But it ended up, like Mark said, uh, there wasn't really a difference in it. You still felt, you know, pretty much the same afterward. And yeah, I ended up changing my mind and liking it. Nice. I wonder if that's the the same feeling that most people that have experienced at least are, are now because I, I didn't really dig too much into the threads when they announced the change, but I know my thought initially was like, oh, that sucks. But again, coming from really, really jaded past with previous organizations, I was very skeptical, but... Um, I've already like I have not played uh, an elite match yet, but I know that it's, it's it's the way to go. It just makes like a it just seems to make sense like in terms of um, progressing the sports. But um, let's go into uh, again, still kind of on a high level uh, before we get into the brackets. But um, starting with you, Mark, were there any teams or players that you noticed that changed dramatically over the past uh, break between round one, three, and and one of this year? I wouldn't say that I would notice anything dr- drastically changing. Uh, like Rebecca in Final Justice, they had a few new players. Frostbite was about half the team. Uh, Kraken was a little different now because they lost three players. Uh, us on Task Force, we have three new guys, me being one of them. And then some of the other different looks was just like uh, this round playing against Boosh with Eric Hurt and Derek Johnson wasn't there. That was a little different looking, obviously. Uh, didn't affect them too badly with the win, but still uh, just just different different faces and different looks. So maybe, uh, maybe like more, I don't want to say like subtler changes, but nothing like super crazy. That stood out the most. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't say anything crazy. It's just slightly backtracking. It's just with the single elimination. It's just like now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be overly surprised too too much if like an upset happens, just because the quality of the teams are improving and I thought with a single elimination best of seven, I really think like anyone could win if you just have a good couple matches and. Right. 
And you said, uh, maybe you might be able to answer this one, Eric. Um, Derek Johnson was not there on Boosh. Is that right? Yeah, we were without uh, myself, and then Derek Johnson was out too. Oh, wow. That is saying a lot for the rest of the team. Um, any reason why Derek wasn't there, or are we allowed to talk about that? Um, yeah, so the NCAA tournament um, round one and two were in Des Moines. So he thought uh, it was more important to go to that than round one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah he's a big college basketball fan yeah. and you know living in iowa they don't get many cool things like that very often so <laughs> yeah those iowa hot guys don't make it too far <laughs> <laughs> i guess well, that's fair maybe he's born and raised in iowa but he's a kentucky wildcat fan the what <laughs> he's a kentucky wildcat fan oh. i know that's even worse doesn't make any sense right so, I wonder who he, I really wonder who he would cheer for if it was Kentucky and Iowa, like playing oh, in the tournament. Yeah, that'd though. be weird. But I honestly think he would root for Kentucky. Uh, he he loves the Wildcats. He's a huge fan. Huh. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, but yeah, I would. Him and I were both out for for the round, but um, we'll be back round two and three if everything goes well. Well, I mean, I, I would be really upset if any of my teammates chose watching a sport over playing dodgeball with us. But um, I mean, yeah. to each their own. Um, we said another a drastic. Well, yeah, maybe drastic is not the right word, but another change or, or possibly improvement was Gamecox had the addition of Matt Levine. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit, Eric? Yeah, he's a he's a great player. I'm not sure if. Um you know, anyone else. And then I don't think he's ever played in the North before, but I've just known him from other tournaments out West and, um, you know, just seeing him play at UDC and seeing him on video too. Um, just a really amazing player. Um, a lot of talent. And I mean, I think Gamecocks were third seed after round Robin, um, which is really high for Gamecocks and open. I, I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't think they've ever seeded that high in the north after round robin yeah i don't I think, think they you're have. right eric so i mean just when i just when i saw like the final like round robin you know points and standings and saw gamecocks up there it was like yep that's matt levine well they also got um brett hadwin uh central mm. michigan alum for ncda too and brett used to be one of their big arms so yeah. he was a really good that's pickup true. that not a lot of people realized until you know especially pinch. He really shined in pinch. I think open, he was still a little off his game getting used to that, but he mm -hmm. definitely helped them with that as well. And he was on both 8.5 and, and pinch. Yes. And what was his name? Matt. Oh, Brett Matt. Hadwin. I don't know. I'm looking at Matt, but yeah, Brett Hadwin. Mm -hmm. awesome. He's he's, you wouldn't see him on any list or anything just cause, uh, just hadn't, been to too many elite events in the past, maybe one one round here or there. Yeah, I think he came to nationals last year for coed and pinch, and then one random round the year uh, that prior series. Did he play with um, Dynasty at the Grand Rapids Open too? He, he did. did. Or am I thinking of someone else? Yeah, no, that's him. Okay. Yep. Cool. So, new faces, um, obviously making a pretty good impact on. Gamecocks, and not to 
not to take away from their achievement at all, but um, sounds like that made the difference from a, I don't want to say like not as good showing, but you know, a better showing than, than in the past. Um, and it was not all Matt Levine, who I've, I've heard a lot about. Um, he's definitely not a, I won't say he's a household name, but yeah, I think people know who he is and what he's capable of now. So that's no surprise that he's added to the to the Gamecocks doing well. Um, and you said also Task Force looked really good with uh, the addition of Kelvin and Mark. Yeah, I thought so. Um, you guys looked pretty pretty worn out in the final, though, Mark. Were you guys were you feeling that, or was it just me seeing that, or? Maybe our age is catching up to us. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. You, it was. It wasn't like you guys were like just like ready to go and like pumped up. You guys just looked kind of just a little lethargic. I, I don't know. I mean, it sh- it it sure showed lethargic. Uh, I didn't feel any more lethargic, but uh, you you guys kind of came out pretty quick and. Uh, Almost, almost left, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I uh, wanted to comment earlier because I was looking at you know when you mentioned you won three games in a row back to back to back against Kaiju to to defeat them and then move on to Task Force. I wonder if you guys just had a lot of momentum generated at that point. And then I don't know if you want to chip in on this, Mark, but your match against uh, Rogue uh, was four to two. So was it as dramatic as as? Boosh and Kaiju might have been, or how did that match fill, and how did that lead into your your finals match? Our match versus Rogue was a good one. Uh, we went up what two one, three one, three two, four two. So I don't think we we felt like we were going to lose it, but uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't realize that uh, Boosh and Kaiju required like a 3-1 th- a comeback and yeah that's I mean, something to do with it too i think i mean you guys I locked think, in <laughs> oh yeah we were, we were pretty fired up i think after one in three in a row because we were i mean we were in a hole we were down three one you know and it was it was very close to being kaiju and task force in the final right I mean, very easily could have been a kaiju task force final Kaiju's been quietly getting better and better each time, I feel like. I wonder if um I wonder how they'll play out next next round. But um yeah, to go to go from your back against the wall to go and win um you know, three consecutive wins and then go in and like I, I would feel like that's psychologically going into that that matchup. You might have had the upper hand just because you had that momentum going for you versus, um, and not trying to speak for you, Mark, but just versus Task Force, who may not have had as much momentum going into their their, their part of the of the battle. But um, I might touch up on that a little bit. Um, just want to pocket that for a second because. Um, what I wanted to ask you, Rebecca, was what uh, teams and players did you notice that might have changed? And um, you said Kaiju has been slowly kind of getting better. Yeah, I feel like that you've seen every time you play against them, you know, they're such a chill, fun group of guys that they'll, you know, mess around, have some fun on the court. And then it comes to elimination time and these guys just start pulling out these solid wins. And it just seems like each round that you see them they slowly look a little better Hmm. um 
I mean, specifically as for them, the other team that I feel like is also a solid team that consistently does well, but still sits in like Dynasty and Busha Shadow is Rogue. I mean, this is what Rogue's fourth consecutive time in the top four for Open in the North. Wow. They were all top four last uh, last year, right? I believe. Yeah, I believe so. They beat us in round robin at nationals pretty handedly, too. Yeah, I mean, they, they're just a team that, like, you know, they, they're they not filled with powerhouse names like some of the teams are, but it they get the job done and they do what they have to do and they'll take some good quality wins. Nice. But as for specific players, I would definitely agree. You have, you know, uh, Matt Levine, Brett Hadwin. I think that Brandon Meisel addition to Dynasty is going to be very dangerous. Um, I would love to self-plug one of our players with that. Um, you guys would recognize the really big guy we brought this time with the big red beard. His name's Jack Hilt. He's only 19. He just turned 19. And the kid has a cannon and some solid catching hands. I'm glad you mentioned that because you, you definitely alluded to that in the Looks interview. like a defensive end. He's Yeah, he's huge. He's like 6'4", like I want to say like 240s, just a huge guy. And he moves, he, he can move as quick as anybody else I've seen out there. God, yeah, like you said earlier, he's 19, so he's got so much time to get better. Scary. Oh yeah, this is he's only been playing dodgeball since October. Oh, dang. How did he so like it? He loved it. Did I mean, he? he when he first started in NCDA for us, within two weeks of our first practice, he had already approached Kevin and I saying how he had found film of a league called Elite Dodgeball and was watching that to get better because <laughs> all of those players seemed very good. And we were like, Oh, okay. <laughs> It's like funny you say and that. He, I mean, he took it on himself. He'd watch film weekly. He'd, you know, ask us what he needed to do in practice. And that kid really shows up and shows out when he comes out. That's awesome. Yeah. He, I don't know if you guys have heard, but I found this this league called Elite Dodgeball. Um, <laughs> that's cool, though. And um, yeah, film is, I'm still impressed with how many times I hear people that are new to Elite either as a team or as a player referencing what film has done to help them set the expectation of what, what they're getting into and how that's helped them improve and prepare. So it's awesome. Um, I think you, I don't know if you mentioned any other new faces in the interview previously or last week, Rebecca, but were there any other additions to final justice? And we do have another one and he has now already been made famous from the dynasty video that's cir circulating of Austin Morley's headshot. Oh. Um, which is a bad way to become famous in your first round <laughs> of elite, but his name is Jacob Georges. He also just turned 19 and this is his second ever dodgeball tournament, but I don't know if you guys had noticed him at all. He actually has a really good throw and also some really good hands in the NCDA. He's just unbelievable. Nice. Yeah, I saw him make a bunch of good, a uh, bunch of catches for you guys. And, oh yeah, he. And and yeah. to go along with that video, I just want to give him credit for obviously it's just like he plays dodgeball, but like you you wouldn't have really been able to tell he just got hit in the face that hard with his reaction. So oh no, and oh, I know every, everyone on the internet wants to roast him for getting hit in the face, but I want to give him props for not even like blinking. 
You're talking about Austin oh, yes. taking the headshot? We were, we were talking about it that night, and his only response to it wasn't like, oh, that hurt. Oh, yeah, that sucked. His response was, I'll get him back next round. Nice. And that's just like the mentality that you love about this kid because nothing phases him. He's just like, oh, you know, good shot. Yeah, you hit me in the head. I jumped into it. I misread it. But, you know, I'll get you back. Oh, so that wasn't... So Austin Corley hit him in the head or is this a different... Austin Morley hit him in the head. Yes, this is the video oh, okay. that's been circulating. Um, and instead of dropping, which he normally does, for some reason he jumped and he just jumped his head right up into it. Nice. I mean, not nice that he got hit in the face, but just nice that he has that mentality of like, oh, I'll, I'll just get him next time, shake it off. Oh, yeah. Still going to play and, and, and continue. That's cool. Um, and kind of putting you on the spot but would you say how, how would you say your team did overall like were you, were you happy with um some of the improvements and, and tweaks that you talked about like do you feel like you guys had a pretty decent showing or what were your thoughts on just your team overall rebecca i mean i'm really happy with it um this being mine and peyton schuster's second year with the team and then jack and jacob's first year um it was still getting that chemistry together you know that we have two new guys that have never played. We still have to teach them the ropes while trying to keep them up to our game speed and making sure that they're not falling behind and feeling out of place and getting just caught up in bad plays and bad throws. And besides the fact that that cracking game took a turn and we had that, I mean, we, we were up three to one pretty pretty handily at that point and like I said it just happened to be two bad plays that swung momentum the entire way around um and you know coming third in pinch and 2-0ing Gamecocks in uh the third place game was great for us I feel like now that we know a little bit more of how these you know new guys fit in on the court and how we look together and what everybody can and can't do so far in elite and what they need to work on we're going to look really good coming into round two uh, if we can stay up and practice on these things after finals for MSU. Nice. How are you guys' practices set up, Rebecca? So we practice twice a week, and it's two-hour-long practices where you will, uh, depending on what Peyton does, because Peyton is our captain for Michigan State right now. Um, so it's a uh, Michigan State. Yes. MSU dodgeball practice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's all students. Um, sometimes it'll be film days where you spend the first 45 minutes going over a specific film that the captains and eboard have picked out to highlight on some things that they need us to work out. And then the next half an hour to 45 minutes will be running drills to specifically get yourself into these situations that yeah. you can work on and recognize um, and then other times we'll actually just put a score up and split in half and do scrimmages of everything. But it's, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, trying to keep it a little more light because these are still college guys that realistically, most of them don't want to go to this next competitive level. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of finding that happy medium between satisfying the elite players that come, which is final justice and keeping it nice enough pace that the MSU guys don't feel uncomfortable and stop coming. Or like they're yeah. being pressured to, to do something they don't necessarily want or haven't yeah. bought into fully yet. You said uh, you guys watch film. Um, like, do you guys have like your like like an equipment room? Like, like you know, like like the way college so, football players would watch film, or like how serious is uh 
does your club take it? The fact that you said you have people figure out what specifically to look out for is pretty awesome. And I definitely want to go down this rabbit hole real quick, but just kind of talk about the NCAA a little bit more. What, what's that like when you guys review film? Um, so, I mean, it's a club sport for MSU. MSU doesn't exactly like us. We get no funding, but we are officially recognized that we can get their gear and everything else. We right. just can't get scholarships or all the fun money stuff. Um, the facility that they have us practice in, though, does have a big room with a big projector and it's classroom style setting That's that nice they'll have everybody come in and we'll pull up the clips of everything that we've either shortened or pulled off of Facebook or NCDA uh, Facebook pages. And we'll go through that and we'll stop at certain key points and ask team, you know, we'll ask the team, okay, what do you see wrong here? What do you see right here in this situation? What do you think we should do different next time? And we'll highlight on, you know, roles that people are currently playing in the court in that game and saying, okay, you know, like, do you feel comfortable in this role? Do you think in this situation next time you could do this? You could get closer for a block. You could, you know, throw the counter a little sooner or chase him down to be more close range. And we'll just talk through scenarios to make sure that our teammates all understand what they should do. So they also play as disciplined as we are. Because again, with these kids not going to the same competitive level as elite, some of these kids aren't as invested into the sport as to watch film, realize what they did wrong and actually want to change it and want to learn a higher IQ status in the game of dodgeball that you want to make sure they know enough that our team still functions properly in order to win games. That's freaking yeah, awesome. I could, def- I could definitely relate to how you describe like the different perspectives that the players will have. Like you'll have those players who are like really competitive and, you know, maybe they come from like traditional backgrounds where, you know, traditional sports backgrounds where you're watching film and you're, you know, like going to the weight room and kind of, you know, you have practice every day, but then you have players who are just like, Oh, I want to play dodgeball. I want to have fun. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to take this too seriously. You know, I think like even just being a captain of an elite team, I have that, you know, on my team where just players come from different backgrounds and kind of everyone has a different goal in mind or kind of outlook on what dodgeball is to them. Right. And so trying to balance that out on a competitive team can be challenging. Yeah, I mean, you can't even get some teams to wear the same dang shorts, let alone jerseys. So it, it's definitely. Oh yeah, our uh, team still doesn't wear the same shorts. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a little things. Dang it. It does, but then again, I'm the only girl on both teams, so I have like the eye for things where they're like, "Oh, it's black. I don't care that this one is a white stripe and this one's not." It's like, ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it bugs me. Like. It's like, okay, we're doing black shorts, guys. But then even like a white stripe on the black shorts kind of bugs me. Just yeah, if it's solid, just one I just, person. I just want solid black shorts, guys. Yeah. <laughs> or it'll be like Nike and pink on the side or something, you know? Yep. Uh, Come on. That doesn't work. I feel your That's pain, guys. That's one of the reasons they put me in charge of jersey designs this year that I was like, okay, I can get this done. I know what you guys like. I've drawn it up 37 times. Now we just have to get it made. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I uh, I feel your pain there, Eric. With just, it, I know it's black, but it's not the shorts that we picked. And you guys all suck. And just get on, get on board. <laughs> dang it. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I can commiserate with you guys for for a while. But um, 
let's kind of go into the brackets and, and Rebecca, since you kind of brought it up already with Kraken, is there anything that left that you wanted to talk about, at least for what you saw on their aspect? Like, how did Kraken look playing against you guys? Were there any players that you noticed? And can you talk about what specifically turned the game around in their favor? So the one specific moment would have been, it was a three-on-one, our team being the remaining three, and Ray uh, Franklin for them was their last one. And he was looking pretty gassed, and he we kept you know giving him majority that he'd have to come up and throw, play pretty defensive to make him run out. And for some reason, you know, our one guy just decided to counter him when he came up and pump big for the throw. He pulled his block up. And the ball went under his block and up because he threw from like a lower angle and just stuck to his chest mm. and swung it to a 2v2. And then one of our, uh, I forget what else happened, then another guy came up and tried to counter him again and it just stuck again. <laughs> like, I was like, you guys, this has got to be a dream right now. Like, this is not happening. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, Connor Klopchich, I want to say. I, I never pronounce his last name right, but Klopsic. that guy's... What is it? Connor Klopsic. Klopsic. What? I've always wondered that. I have never said that right in my life. Wow. Um, yeah, no, he's always a really solid player for Kraken on the side. He always seems to keep his poise on the court and you know do what he needs to do. He has a heck of an arm. And when he needs to, he'll come up with some really clutch catches. But Kraken, for having three players gone, still look like, you know, they are still going to be a solid team in the North this year. And then watching Task Force play with Mark and Calvin on their team now was just, it's, uh, granted, you know, our Task Force match was so intense, Mark. But (laughs) um, we just... Most intense match of the day. It really was. It was a brutal. Uh, We decided we were going to try and just tell Tony that it was going to be 2-1 final justice over Kraken, and Tony made us play it out. So for the first match, all they did was lob balls at us for us to catch everything, and for the second match, we lobbed it back. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, seeing Task Force actually play and, you know, go into an elimination game, granted that boosh, uh, championship, I feel like, was a little bit of an asterisk for you guys on the day. You guys look like a very solid, well-rounded team. Thank you. I definitely want to talk about... And Boosh, I mean, oh. oh my gosh, how can I not? How can I forget about this? Bizzle just played out of his mind for you guys in the championship. Yeah, he's he's gotten really comfortable playing in the middle. So, And I'm I was really excited to see that. Um, I was hoping really he would good. come along. Yeah, I was really hoping he would come along. And he finally has gotten to where he's just really comfortable from throwing in the middle. So I'm really happy to see that. Yeah. And then you and Cody are normally the corners, right? Yep. So, yeah. DeMonte so swung over to that side. It was Jeremy. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Meadows took my spot on the right. Okay. Wing. Yep. We, we would typically have Jeremy in the middle somewhere and and throwing from the middle um and then cody left wing and then myself on the right wing Mm -hmm. um but yeah with myself out we put uh meadows in my spot and then cody on the wing and then we're basically utilizing bizzle uh throwing in the middle 
Yeah, and who is I Bizzle? just remember. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. No, um, I, I go back to it. I wrote it down, but you said you remember. Oh, um, I think from what I was remembering, I think Jeremy might have been out and DeMonte swung to take that corner, but DeMonte played really well in that last point for you guys. I think yeah. he made a catch and then the immediate counter yep. on it. Yeah. Gotcha. You guys, I mean, without you and Derek, which are two huge players for you guys, you guys still looked like an amazing team. And it was it was really intriguing because, you know, with two big players like you, yourself and Derek out, it was really leaving a question in people, in it, like it, my head especially, of how is this team going to do without you guys? And they really capitalized and showed showed up and showed out. In, the, in that championship match, it's like, not that normally you guys are pretty efficient, but like your guys' team throws, the efficiency on those were crazy. Whenever whenever we would make a play, it would seem, the, the next time down, there'd be like a clutch catch from somebody. Like that championship match, you guys were clicking and uh, just played amazing. And I think people people like to look past Jeremy a little bit in 8.5 and he just crushes people all the time when he gets an opportunity makes him yeah. pay for that with with all the talent you guys have sometimes you just you can rely on certain guys certain games and it's just next man up for you guys and i think that showed pretty well missing you and Derek this tournament yeah i appreciate that yeah before the tournament i myself i was like man how is this gonna go how is this gonna look i had kind of questions myself and how it was going to go. And then when the tournament started, our first match was against Frostbite and we lost 2-1. So it was kind of like, oh man, is this how this is going to go? <laughs> he just wrote everybody off right then and there, like, oh, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we lost our very first match to the new team in the North. <laughs> it was like, oh no, this could be really bad today. Yeah, I um, I wanted to backtrack real quick since we're talking about Boosh and um, who is who's Bizzle? Who is that? Uh, Jeremy Jeremy Bizzle um, plays middle. Um, and not, not usually actually he played next to Cody, so he played in the two spot. Uh, um, but he's he's played like the three and four spots for us before too. Um, Is this Jeremy like locally for like leagues around here? He'll oh, almost always be on the wing. Um, so that's what I mean when I talk about like him getting comfortable in the middle. Um, it's been a pretty big adjustment for him. And this is uh, but I think Jeremy Meadows or like, matured and kind of, you know, came along with his 8.5 game and he's just getting really confident with it. And I, the guy throws extremely hard when he gets, he does his full windup. Like, he, I mean, we, we'll do practices and blocking and catching drills. And I, man, I, I really don't want to try to catch him or even try to block him when we do those drills. He cracked me pretty good in the championship, so. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a great throw. He really does. And is this Jeremy Meadows, or is this another Jeremy? Uh, another Jeremy. Jeremy Bizzle. So his last name is Bizzle? Last name is Bizzle, yep. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I was... I've, no offense to this kid, but I wonder if that was like a nickname. That's what I was like, are you guys calling Jeremy Meadows Bizzle? I know that Jeremy, but um, okay. Jeremy yeah. Bizzle Meadows. Oh, Lord. I don't know what I've done. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
speaking of Meadows, though, he really deserves a ton of credit for our success in 8.5 in the North. He does. He does. probably one of the most overlooked players there is in 8.5. I mean, he really is the backbone of our team. I mean, if you, he's always on top of all of our stat sheets. Um, I mean, but he just gets, he gets no credit publicly for it. And I, I feel for him because he really is like our most valuable player. Like he, he really is. Um, I won't overlook him. Love you, Jeremy. Yeah. It sounds like, (laughs) I mean, he, he just, he deserves so much more credit publicly than he gets. I mean, you just, you don't really hear his name at all publicly. And it's kind of a shame because I mean, we're not as successful as we have been without Jeremy Meadows and 8.5. Nice. Well, you just painted a big target on him. So <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, there's the downside did, of being well-known. <laughs> I mean, the people, the people who matter in the North though, I mean, you guys know this. They know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Um, I wanted to talk real quick about Blitz. I haven't heard too much from them, but I recognize that team from last year. Um, have you guys call recall any of those games or, or seen anything about them that was I won't say worthy of mentions. I don't want to dismiss them, but just from you guys, can you remember what remember? They I could talk about pretty Blitz. close in uh, round robin. Yeah, I watched that match too. I saw. I think Brett probably just uploaded it not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're another Minnesota team, um, another competitive team out of Minneapolis. And unfortunately, like their results don't really tell the story for them for this tournament. Right. Um, I thought from the video that I've seen, the games I watched, I thought they played really well. Um, and it, it looked to me like they had gotten gotten better and had even you know more chemistry going. I thought Jake Peterson, especially their left wing, has gotten it's a, a really lot. good player. Yeah, he's I mean gotten so much better at eight point five and. I mean, he was playing extremely well, but yeah, unfortunately, I think, you know, just the matches didn't go their way and their numbers definitely and results definitely don't tell the story of how much they've improved and how well they did. Gotcha. I usually reference them as like one of the more pesky teams out there. Mm-hmm. Like every time I seem to play him, you don't know which guy it's going to be on their team. That's going to do something to help them, but somebody's going to do something to help them. And they sure. always play us close. They've even, they've beat us in some games before too. So it's not like they're just like close, but not there. Uh, one of the rounds last year, they I think they were top four, one of the rounds last year. And I think they had a top <laughs> seed. I think they actually had the number one seed once. Mm-hmm. It was either one or two. Cause they, I don't know if it was like, it might've been the year before too, but, um, cause I remember they beat us in round Robin once too. Gotcha. And I, I think they had the top seed after, after one of the rounds. So they're definitely not a team to snooze on or, or dismiss They're they're they'll get their yeah, wins no, in. And... Ab- absolutely not. Awesome. Um, how about, um, kind of talked about family a little bit. Um, but I did want to hear a little bit more about Frostbite. Um, just because they're a new team, right? Is that what we talked about earlier? Yeah, I mean, uh, with something about Frostbite, one of the craziest plays of the tournament happened with one of their guys. 
Can you uh, go into that? Tyrell Smith, he he got hit. And, like, while he was falling backwards, like, there was just two balls that had bounced up in the air. And as he was falling backwards, reached out and grabbed both of them, each with a single hand. Like, one with his left, one with his right. And just brought him in, landed in bounds. Nice. Just a very casually one of the more ridiculous things I've ever watched. A very, court. a very deliberate very double catch for an elite round one <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and uh did you guys get to see the kaiju match that they played um i mean talk, going to like you know not being able to tell a story when you look at something like 4-0 or or you know 4-1 doesn't necessarily say it was it was you know a walk through a walk in the park for that team like every match could have been or every game could have been a battle but um, do you have any comments on on that? If any of you guys saw that one, I didn't see I, that one. No. I did not either. Uh, let's see. Sorry, I spaced out for a second. Oh no worries. I, um, <laughs> we're talking about kaiju and frostbite. And if any of you guys might have seen that oh, match, oh, I missed it. Nope. <laughs> I think for frostbite, their main no problem worries. is just that they're a newer team, and half of their guys are new to NCDA. That or they were new from NCDA to Elite, that they weren't quite clicking chemistry-wise. Like, they seemed to almost do better when they could joke around on the court and not take it seriously, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Where they could where they could just be like, these guys having a practice again. But it seemed like also them having to face a big team like Kaiju, who, like I said, has been so steadily consistent in the North, that it just kind of was more experience versus lack thereof. Okay. And hopefully we'll, we'll see them come back and stick with it and put the time like in. The other storyline with um, the North after round one is kind of the return of Chicago. Yeah. I mean, you've got Rogue and Kaiju back up in the final four where, and you know, your Kraken and Dynasty, your Michigan teams out of the Final Four. So is that like, um, I want to say, is there like a rivalry with that? Like like, like you want to see if anything, you want Chicago to be dominant in, in the brackets or like how, how does that kind of work? Well, I could be wrong and Mark has been in the North a lot longer than I, but I think historically it was you know, the Chicago teams that did really well and open in the North and, you know, were around the top. And then, you know, it kind of switched where some of the Michigan teams and dynasty figured out open and started getting, you know, kind of moving up and taking over top spots and in the North for open. Gotcha. Could be wrong about that, but just seeing Kaiju and rogue in the top four, with two big powerhouse Michigan teams like Kraken and Dynasty out of the top four seems to be a shift to me. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to judge rivalry per se with the with kind of what you alerted to, Steve. But uh, yeah, in the in the kind of right around the inception of Elite, it was always like us as Bear Jordan versus Task Force with uh, DWO in there, and then, like, half of DWO became Rogue. I see. But uh, 
kind of with the explosion of elite and just there being more teams, then kind of like you started getting split, split off from those groups and it's kind of always been the same names, but that's when, that's when Boosh joined in too. And they've been up near the top and I don't know, maybe I'm also a bad person to ask about this rivalry because all those guys on the Michigan teams are my college buddies, my friends, and I'm from Chicago and play for one of the Chicago teams now. Got my hand in both both buckets. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I guess the way I can compare it is, um, you know, you have California, which, you know, has Northern California now, um, LA and San Diego, so there's a lot of teams there. But when, you know, it's an Arizona team against a Cali team, I guess I'm, I can only really speak for myself in this. If we're not playing, we want Arizona to win. Like we want at least Arizona to have a strong showing and take that away from California because that, that's for a while Arizona used to be the dominant force, but LA and California just in general has, has kind of taken that over. So, and then you throw in the Pacific Northwest now with, with Seattle and uh, and Portland. So it's one of those things where like, well, okay, we may not win, but at the very least, let let's let our state win or let's let our city win, which is mostly Phoenix, but. Um, and it's just more of a I, I, it's more of like a personal question just because again I'm so terrible with the geography but I want to get an idea of just some of the more um, the intricacies of you guys but um, you, you guys mentioned Rogue a few times I did want to ask about them before we moved on to, to Pinch and I just wanted to ask if there was anybody from that team that might have stood out and the only person I really think I know on Rogue um, was Tyler Underwood was he playing for the 8.5 team and you guys can you guys comment on, on him at all or anybody else on that team yeah, he's on that team. Uh, he's he's kind of like their main middle thrower. Okay, and he's always he's always good for a couple kills a game. I mean, the thing the thing about Rogue is just like they're just another one of those. You they're consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. Uh, Marcus Furman's a great catcher. Uh, Paige Peterson plays for them. She'll hit you with a counter if you're not paying attention. Then they you get the addition of a uh, Kenny Cox and. That's one more thing you have to worry about. And one of their throwers who gets overlooked a lot is Greg Moy. And he can hit you from anywhere on the court when he wants to. It's it's not typically going to be a headshot ever. Right. But the foot still counts the same as the head. Still an out. Actually, um, that's why I circled Rogue, too. Because um, we kind of talked about it earlier with you know these, I, like these imported players. Um, should have done my homework and I should have found out what team on the West Kenny plays for if he does. But you know, they kind of alluded to what happens if you are a top four now, which is going to be the case with Rogue. So I wonder if Kenny is going to be missing for rounds two and three because of West team or how that's going to work. But were there any other, like, for lack of better words, imported players in, in this both open and co-ed that you guys know about? Because uh, the biggest one C- would have been Glenn, but he's no longer there. So CJ Garcia is still coming out from the West. Garcia. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I don't know if he plays for a West team. He might. I just know last year he played for Rogue. At, I believe all three rounds. Yeah. Yep. He played with them all. I think he was really interested in pinch. That's what he told me. He really wanted to play pinch, and so gotcha. came out to the north for that. But didn't somebody yeah, come out from the West to play with Kaiju? Oh yeah, Mark Mark Sweco from uh, yep. Seattle. He lives in Chicago now. He moved oh. right. He's a fortune player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. He moved to Chicago, huh? Yeah, he moved to Chicago in the f- uh, f- 
end of the fall. And I've played with them a little bit in our Roselle pickup around the Chicago suburbs. Oh, nice. Good player. Very nice yeah, person, yeah, too. That's a, that's a good pickup for them. Awesome. So for the most part, then, you guys are staying. And then obviously Levine, if he's still playing on the East, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I think him, he's just trying to get everywhere. Whatever division, whatever team will take him, he just wants to rack up as much XP as possible. And then um, it's just, it doesn't sound like too many with, with you guys. Unless I'm wrong. No. Um, I did remember, I wanted to ask about the Dynasty versus Corruption game because uh, we kind of talked about how you guys were all collectively happy. Like the entire gym was, was really happy to see Dynasty lose. Uh, was there anything spectacular about that, that game that, that stood out other than Corruption 1? Did it look different? Uh, were there any major additions to that team or how'd that whole thing go, if you guys can recall? Well, Damn. yeah, Tyler Hamilton, you had the, had the catch at the end, the one over his head, uh, catching Colin O'Brien. <laughs> but uh not a not the dynasty Colin too. Right. Not that Dynasty is going to use this for, as an excuse, but uh they they were playing without Kevin Bailey. Uh he's rehabbing a little elbow issue. Oh. So obviously that they had a little little bit of issue without him cuz he's normally that stalwart in that right corner. Gotcha. So that might have impacted him just a little bit. I mean, I, that's, maybe a little bit. Th- th- I mean, that's a that's a big name. I, I would say that that would hinder. But then you know, you look at you look at Bush, who didn't have Eric Stone or Derek Johnson, and they still exactly. won. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'll just uh, I'll say neutral on that one. But with both from corruption, both uh, Matt Schroeder and uh, Mario Romanelli both played pretty well that uh, dynasty game. Gotcha. Good stuff. Um, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to cover for the openings. I definitely want to spend some time on pinch, but before I move on, before we move on to to pinch, uh, we'll just do a real quick round around the table with you, Rebecca. Was there anything else we might have uh, missed that we should have covered for the overall open bracket play? Um, I don't think there was too much. Granted, you know, like I had said, we got out kind of early, so. I was then sent on uh, food duty, so I missed a lot of the open bracket play. But from what I heard, the main big thing was just the Boosh finals against Task Force and then the Corruption um, Dynasty games, which we covered. Gotcha. And uh, how about you, Mark? Oh, I think I got most of my comments in there just... Had a couple of those guys I wanted to mention. I think they deserve the bunch of those corruption guys. And awesome. And yeah, last but not least, Eric, how about you? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, that corruption match was pretty intense, and that I mean, I would say probably the the highlight of the entire round was Hamilton making that catch on Colin, and it, it really was a great throw from Colin. I. I mean, he put it in a perfect spot. He just snagged that ball out of the air with just all hands. It was just a great catch. And this is, uh, he's the one that called Ham earlier, right? This is Tyler Ham, Hamilton? Tyler. Ham, yep. I want to make a really crappy joke about Taylor Ham, but I'm not, just because <laughs> it's been a thing of discussion between me and, me and Colin. 
Dowling, but um, alrighty. So I definitely want to be respectful of you guys' time, and because Eric, you didn't really play um, pinch. It's not we don't need you, but um, I just want to kind of just kind of give you a chance to, to exit out of here. But before I do that, um, just because it's become a staple now with everybody, real quick, are you a team taco or team pizza? <laughs> oh man, um, team pizza. Now, is this uh, any any reason why, or just you just like pizza? I mean, if I had to, like, you know, if I had to choose one or the other. You know, I I could only have one for the rest of my life. I I'd choose pizza. Fair enough. Well, I, I could uh, I can go into rabbit holes about that, but uh, yeah, I don't want to hold hold you guys up too much. But um, Eric, you know, congrats on on taking you know first and, and defending that that title um, with your region, and then also thanks for hopping on. It was great hearing your smooth, sultry voice. I missed it over the months, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think we're good, man. If you want to hop off, um, we'll definitely reconnect cool. uh, during round two. So thank you, man. Yeah, thanks, Stephen, for having me. I'll see you guys. Take see you. Eric. Okay, and then there were two. So again, uh, don't want to rush it, but also again, Rebecca, it's like midnight your time. So thank you for for hanging out. But um, let's kind of go over pinch real quick, and I kind of just want to go like maybe high level. Um, were there any matches that we're looking at in this bracket that stood out to you that you're able to notice? Um, before you take off, um, I did not realize that Notorious four zeroed uh, Frostbite. I was expecting, you know, once I saw them move on, I was expecting them to maybe get a point off them because these guys have played against each other in the NCDA for years. And then, yeah, that whole Dynasty Notorious final also was a bit shocking for me. Again, with just how um, long these guys have played against each other in the history they have. But I do know that Wes Peters did dislocate his finger on a catch in one of the points. I don't remember if it was the very end point or they still had another one after that. But also, to be fair, in favor of Notorious, they are missing three of their players for um, round one, and they picked up another guy to substitute just to make sure they have the six. Right. And they're still able to take second though. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. And that, that was one thing I want to mention too, is like looking at the differences between, you know, open and uh pinch, obviously notorious was a little more um, impactful. Um, I want to say like you guys went a little bit further too, um, to take out rogue and then, um, what was your matchup against Rogue? Like, how did you guys shift from from open to co- uh, to pinch, and how did that help or like your play style, or was that more your element? Or can you kind of walk me through that match real quick? Uh, with our team, Final Justice is one hundred percent more a pinch team, right. as you can tell through the standings that ended up resulting for the day. With all these guys being NCDA, this is all you know they know is pinch. So we definitely found ourselves more in our element. And the rogue game was more so of how do we get past Kenny? Because we oh, yeah. find ourselves trying to get Kenny out, missing, and then all of a sudden Kenny has a five to one ball advantage and Kenny does not miss shots. So you we were just finding ourselves getting picked off and picked off. And it that's kind of how at least one of the points I remember vividly going through was 
Kenny had five balls and all of a sudden we're just getting toe shot, shoulder shot, toe shot, finger shot on a reach. It was just brutal to watch because that man is phenomenal at pinch. But once we played Dynasty, it was still pretty it was still pretty well fought. It was two two. Um Dynasty took it three two pretty it was a pretty close point. And then that last point was also down to I think they ended up winning with two people left on. So it's not like they were pretty handily beating us. And I think we definitely can have a good chance with them next year or next round. But it was just a matter of, again, we're a young team right now. We have to get our chemistry and our momentum together. Definitely. And did you lose anybody um, between open and pinch or did you have the same roster, same lineup? Same roster for open and pinch. Um, They mainly kept the six guys in for playoffs, and I sat out for that. Also opting on a couple points unless the guys wanted to sit to catch their breath because I know that those guys are the harder throwers and everything, that they have a better chance of, you know, working together for a throw where, granted, I still throw 60, but 60 is not 70. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, and you definitely talked about that a little bit more in depth um, in the interview last week. So before anybody wants to dig into that or, or gets, uh, I don't want to say upset, but just has questions about that and your whole mentality behind it, you can definitely check that part out. So normally I would dig into that, but I know um, I don't have to because I got to talk to you for a while. But um, did Dynasty have uh, Kevin Bailey? Was he back or was he out the entire he was out the entire day. He was basically their enthusiastic coach on the sidelines, you gotcha. know, talking to him about plays, making sure they were aware of all the court situations going on, shagging balls, talking oh. jokes all the time. Well, good for him. I know it's uh, standard, uh, standard Kevin Bailey. I, um, I applaud people that are, are willing and, and have the discipline to sit out when they're injured because just running the risk of making it worse is never it's never worth it. Oh um, yeah. And he I feel like Kevin Bailey's actually one of the better people to do that in elite cuz you know some people will just push themselves and be like, "Oh, so what? My shoulder hurts." He actually takes the time to realize that in the long run this is not going to be good for me. I do need to sit out and rehab this and make sure everything is getting better. Yeah, especially um I mean no joke, he's what he was ranked number 1 in the top 30. I think should be yeah yeah so i again kudos to you kevin if you're listening i mean that that would be really hard to do knowing you are well i mean i'm sure he doesn't take it to his head but like just knowing that you are a huge contribution to your team to just kind of sit that out and you know i, I probably wonder if you felt like eric you're just like man i hate not playing but you know you just got to do the right thing um let me think real quick i don't think i had any of the questions um at least for you, Rebecca, because I don't want to keep you up too late. Um, and we do know, for the record, in case anybody hasn't listened to your interview, you are Team Taco. Has that changed in the last week? Oh, no, it has not. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, our first day back, we went to, um, we lifted on Monday because, you know, hashtag Team No Days Off. And we ended up going and I got I got a burrito, not tacos, but I was really upset that I ended up not getting tacos because I was thinking about our conversation. And I'm probably going to get some this weekend and send you a picture of whatever 
excuse of Michigan tacos they have up here. <laughs> you, you do that. And then whenever I decide to uh, stray from pizza, I'll, I'll, I'll do the same. And this is what Arizona Southwestern tacos look like. Oh, I can only imagine. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it probably comes close, but it's probably not the real thing. Um, and then before you sign off, were there any shout outs or high level thoughts or remarks or comments you wanted to, uh, to provide before we say goodbye? You know, I just, I honestly just look forward to seeing every team back out for round two. I feel like this is one of the best regions, um, in terms of competitiveness across all of the teams that not one team is just going to, like Mark said earlier, be close, but not quite there. There's always that team that's still taking games off of the bigger teams that you think wouldn't lose these matchups or anything. And I'm excited to see just everybody's overall growth for the next round and see how everybody develops and comes out and who really put in the work in this next 45 days we have until round two or who really just put their foot off the gas and coasted into this next round. Well, we'll, we'll find out and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about it and we'll be able to point back to this recap and, and check those, uh, developments, um, whether it's, uh, for better or for worse, but, um, cool. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for, for hopping on. And again, I know it's late, so I don't want to keep it any longer, but, um, we can go ahead and say our goodbyes and me and Mark will take over. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's great talking with you, Mark and Eric, as always. Awesome. Likewise. All right. I'll see you guys. All right. See you, Rebecca. Bye. All righty. And then there was one. Uh, Mark, thanks for sticking on, man. Because I definitely I don't want to uh, completely bypass uh, Pinch. Heaven forbid I do that with the North. Um, that is definitely what you guys are known for. And we kind of talked about Dynasty a little bit. Um, Honestly, no surprise to see them number one. Good to see Notorious, um, you know, in their elements. Same thing with with Gamecock, um, not Gamecocks, Final Justice. But I, I did want to ask about Gamecocks, um, especially because you you got to play against them, right? For uh, in the bracket play. Yeah, they're uh, they're all former NCAA guys as well, with the exception of uh, Matt Levine, who played with them this tournament, and Pinch Pinch being their element. And I mean, they're they're a good team as. As you saw, they took the three seed in, into open and the four seed into pinch. But uh, they've got a lot of hard throwers, good catchers. I mean, Felix has just a phenomenal velocity and movement on his left-handed throw, which personally gives me fits. Uh, Jeff Starr, Brett Hadwin, uh, Kyle Fitzpatrick, who not a lot of people talk about, but... Uh, they're they're not a fun matchup in pinch. So, so do they do they get serious? Um, I mean, because they're, they're obviously they're they're really well known for their their memes and and the the crowd talking and and the uh, like they got a real comedic aspect about them. But what happens when they when they play pinch? Uh, do they get serious or does their demeanor change at all? Or are they just um, like is there a transition from that or, or what's that like? I think they all look forward to pinch uh, just ever so slightly more. And, and when they're on the court, they're serious. It's just, I always know that if I want to crack a joke in the middle of a game to them, those guys are always down for a laugh and they'll respond and nice. we'll, we'll, we'll laugh for a second and then, then they'll go right back to playing. Nice game on. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, uh, 
I appreciated the, the depths that they'll go through. I think I, I still can't get over, um, it's like the dynasty branded condoms that they made. I mean, that, that, oh, yeah, that, that took some, that took some planning. <laughs> that, that was really creative. Um, and I, I don't want to, you know, incite anything negative, but I, I love, I would love to see more of that kind of friendly banter going on between teams. I know we had like the meme wars, uh, a month ago with, uh, with heat here and I think some of it got out of hand but I think for the most part it was, it was pretty um, innocent and, and fun so I definitely want to see more of that and I, I really applaud the Gamecocks for, for bringing that into into my life I guess it's fun to watch it as a bystander but um, well, well their new one was uh, on their way back they they flew Spirit and Kevin Bailey was on their the same flight and I guess uh, they got on before and talked to the one of the, the head flight attendant and they got the the flight attendant on the flight when everybody's sitting down to like have Kevin stand up and like sing him happy birthday or wish him happy birthday or something. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, the man. video's out there on their page, on their Facebook page for anybody who wants to go check that one out. That's incredible. I oh, I would hate that. I would absolutely hate that. That is that is fantastic. Well played, guys. Um <laughs> I gotta check out that video and just uh, just feel bad for Kevin because I would I, I, I would hide or get angry. I don't know what I would do. I, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. Um, I kind of want to talk about like how like going back to some of the the, the shifts. Like so, like cor- corruption. They took Dynasty and and open eight point five, but then it looks like Dynasty. I don't want to say either got payback or just was able to to overcome that. Did you get a chance to see that match by any by any chance, or were you playing? Uh, I was playing during it, but from just what I heard, just from what I heard, what I know, it's just like uh, I think the the depth Dynasty has with pinch throwers uh, probably has a lot to do with that four one. Corruption's a great team. It's just they don't have the number of arms that Dynasty has, and when you get later in the day, you've been playing with eight point five balls all day, and now you're playing pinch. Sometimes your fingers start to go, your arm gets tired. And, Dynasty's depth really shows through in situations like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that would be the case. Um, it's pinch is clearly, clearly their their world. So um, I did not. I was not surprised when I saw it there in the finals. Uh, that was just um, same thing with Notorious too. Just just knowing and hearing about them a little bit and kind of seeing them during nationals. Uh, when I saw that matchup, I was like, yeah, that's uh. It's more or less what I would expect. Um, and then same thing with Frostbite. It looks like they actually beat Kaiju, which I would like to say, from my perspective, was was a feat. Um, I don't know if you would agree, because um, it looks like Kaiju was 4-0 and open. Did you get a chance to see that match by chance? I didn't. I, w- I will say I, I, I'm surprised in just the fact that they're, they were able to adjust quickly to the court size. Right. Uh, when we played Frostbite and Round Robin, I mean, they're another team that's no fun to play with being all guys who came from the college circuit and they can all pinch throw like no no problem. They're, some of them still playing. Like I remember when, when I was playing and I could just throw for days in Elite with a five-foot uh, shorter throw than I'm used to also. And they – when we played them, it was like right out of the gate in Rod Robin, and the, their eyes just lit up, and they were ready, ready for it. That's awesome. And uh, 
again, I can't really speak for Rebecca, but it's, it's got to be pretty a good feeling. Like, okay, we didn't really get the showing that we wanted for Open, but you know, here comes Pinch. That's our that's our realm. That's our that's our game, and that's um, I'm looking to things like that that would keep uh, teams coming back for for more for uh, for you know the next rounds and and moving forward. And um, I think oh yeah, some of these some of these college teams that are coming over, I think they're definitely more willing to take their early lumps and open and adjust to that game, knowing that they have pinch to play, Yeah, which is why, which is why pinch is so important to the North kind of just for, for everybody out there who's wondering why, why is pinch still a thing? Is pinch going to go away? Like it's, it is a really good tool to recruit the, the NCDA type of player and keep growing the league. And uh, I think that that's what draws them to it as they learn like the open format and playing on a smaller court and everything else. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's, you know, I called you guys a bunch of psychos last week. I'm like, I don't know why people play pinch. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, something you're probably just used to. And, um, but to be able to try to get you to our side, you know, our side being 8.5, just six V six, um, into the elite, um, I don't want to say realm, but but just basically just trying to get to an elite. You know, for everybody that plays pinch, there, there might be a few that want to cross over or do both. And it, it was evident in, in the nationals seeing, you know, a lot more north based teams um, showing up and it's awesome. I mean it just it just helps the sport grow. So I could definitely see a need for pinch to kind of remain as a as a division for uh for, for the north. But um let's go ahead and um Actually, real quick, did you have any other like notes or or takeaways just from from Pinch overall before we move on? Uh, I was surprised Kraken didn't do a little bit better in Pinch. I wonder if they just wore down near the end of the day. I know a lot of their new guys are are college guys from Grand Valley's team, so they're used to pinching. I I would expect in the future them to do a little bit better than they did here in round one. Now, do you think, um, not, I mean, this is kind of putting you in a spot, but do you think you're not being there might have impacted that at all, or is that something you don't really want to comment on, or do you feel like that changed the dynamic? Uh, I'm sure the dynamics changed. I mean, I went from being the captain of Kraken to not being on the roster. Uh, I think they're going to be just fine. Right. Uh because some of those, some of the guys they picked up are really good dodgeball players. I think uh, it's just going to take them a little bit longer to get used to that smaller court. Definitely the open play style with not being able to pinch in one division, and I, I think I think they're going to be fine, and I'm going to be rooting for them to do well anytime I'm not playing them. For sure, just Matt make some adjustments, get some more reps in, and they'll be uh, we'll be talking about them for sure. Um, cool. I, I did kind of want to go into just, um, cause we, we ended up talking about earlier, um, when we were offline, but we kind of looked at like the power rankings. Um, and I'll just go through them real quick. You had for 8.5, Boosh, Dynasty, Task Force, Notorious, Kraken, Kaiju, Rogue, Gamecocks, Corruption, and Final Justice. And, um, between the three of you guys, um, actually, I guess it was, it was more Mark and, Mark and, or you and, you and Eric, um, if you had to rewrite this uh, for 8.5, I think we can all agree that Dynasty may have lost one ranking. Kaiji would rise a little bit, maybe one or two. 
Um, and per Eric, uh, he said corruption would, would increase by two and Notorious would, would drop one, but there wouldn't be that much of a difference. But what, what were your thoughts on, on that lineup and, and how would you kind of gauge some of the changes here? Yeah, I think some of those changes, I, I definitely think uh, Rogue would raise up a couple spots from seven. Uh, Kraken and Notorious would probably drop below them just, just based on this being a power ranking, obviously. I love power rankings and the content they give to the sport because I really enjoy when there's more stuff to read about dodgeball, but right. obviously they're power rankings. They're not final standings. So just probably Task Force bump above Dynasty for right now and Notorious drop a few spots from four. Corruption probably up a spot or two. And then, um, I mean, since she's not here, we can definitely talk crap about her. How would you uh, place Final Justice? Would you think they would move up at all or... Uh, I might keep them there just based on the teams and whatnot. Yeah. And all the, all the shifting that took place. Yeah. I, I, I'm expecting them to do better in the future. Obviously they're still breaking in the new players like Rebecca talked about. And there, there was a lot of good that they showed. And obviously, unfortunately for them, they had the three, one deficit go against them and kind of blew the lead there. But I, I think they will be all right going forward. So it sounds like it sounds like they're they're not disheartened. They're going to go back and and review film and practice. And it sounds like they got a pretty pretty disciplined um, just attitude overall. Like we're going to get better. We're going to recover from this and, and move on. And I want to say that that was kind of evident uh, when they carried into pinch. They obviously did a lot better because um, some teams could probably take a bad a bad loss and just never recover regardless if it's their, their division or not. So to see that they weren't mm-hmm. um, disrupted, that's, that's saying a lot. Um, well, Pinch. Uh, so Eric didn't really get to weigh in because he, you know, after he won, he ended up taking off, um, probably to go recover emotionally. But um, <laughs> what were, uh, let's kind of go through some of your, your comments here. So first you had, um, obviously Dynasty's going to stay there. Um, Speaking of Final Justice, you said that you wanted to move them up one. Like, let, let's kind of walk through these. Yeah, I think the power ranking should probably reflect the standings. So, like, Dynasty 1, Notorious 2, Final Justice 3. And I would even say Gamecocks 4 as well. So, Gamecocks would go up from 6 to to 4. What would you put um, Frostbite versus Corruption? Would you think Frostbite would go up one? Uh, Yeah, I'd probably put both of them up one i'd probably move everybody up one ahead of task force just with our showing and i'd drop us down a bunch just because we we did uh, i guess we did okay we were the five seed going into the the uh elimination bracket but kind of ran out of gas and gamecocks kind of rolled us a little bit yeah that's good but for the sake of power rankings i'd i'd say move us down task force down five spots or whatever and because all those teams finished better than we did do you guys uh i know it's earlier early um to talk about it but do you guys have like any kind of game plan for for round two or are you just going to kind of shrug it off and and just kind of commit to doing better um i guess like what's your attitude going into round two has, has that been decided yet or talked about or you kind of just recovering still uh we haven't talked about it much as a team we just we're pretty happy with how things went overall. Just 
integrating three new players because uh, Alex Watkins joined us as well from Corruption and actually played with us at Kraken for Nationals last year. Uh, so we're pretty happy with everything going going in the direction of that. We're we're still getting used to playing with each other again and took a second place finish in the in the open division and then a respectable seed going into the bracket and maybe just a little better focus in the bracket play a pinch and we could have done even better there. But uh we'll get more strategy down and and we're pretty happy with where we're at. Nice. So this is definitely not you know, a task for us. We'll see you guys um, for rounds two, three, and, and onward, and we'll see what uh, what differences you guys implement. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, before we move on to like you know the most important question ever, um, did you have any other? I guess uh, I want to say, yeah, you know, any other like high level thoughts or shout outs? Um, just want to give you that chance before we moved on just about the tournament in general uh just just big shout outs to everyone everyone who volunteers their time to ref and then like sticks around and still voluntarily uh refs as people start leaving and as the tournament thins out so just big shout out to them and and to tony stumpo and colin o'brien who are now the co-regional directors of the north for running these tournaments taking over for glenn actually i you know i completely spaced to ask about that i was wondering how that that transition took off I was more i was more focused on just glenn leaving task force and, and joining the west but um it sounds like just based on your shout out that that it went well i mean i, I don't didn't see or hear any complaints when we talked about it as a panel in terms of like differences but um it sounds like you know glenn left it in good hands and you know the north is gonna remain is that fair to say oh yeah and i think they did a great job last year too when when i think things were getting decided that glenn was going to take a step back they kind of colin and tony started assisting glenn with the last one or two regional rounds last year too so they made kind of the transition process pretty pretty smooth awesome yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, we talk about how important it is that we get young players hopping in to replace the uh, the older players, and now it's, you know, who's going to step up and replace the tournament organizers or whatever you want to call them, wards, or or uh, I forgot what the titles were, but, I mean, that's, that's probably the most important thing, too, is who's going to be willing to take on the brunt of, you know, handling everything and organizing anything. So it's good to see that it's um, people are stepping up, and I'll agree with you. Yeah, who shout out to, uh, to Tony and... And Colin for doing that. But um, last question. And then one, oh, one more thing, really quick before that. Uh, for those who are big fans of foam dodgeball, the I know Eric wanted to talk about this, but he ended up oh, ducking right. out a little, little bit early. Uh, the seventh annual Twin Cities Throwdown on April twenty seventh, which is uh, seven inch foam, slightly modified W uh, WDBF rules for anybody who wants to play some foam dodgeball up in up in the twin cities nice i'm glad you remember that too i i I know i said thanks good catch and then i almost spaced it myself so that's (laughs) awesome yeah are are you gonna play in that um do you have any stake in foam or uh i've been getting more into foam i will be traveling that weekend so i will not be playing in it but i've been getting more into foam recently as 
I used to pretty much just be known as a, a rubber 8.5 player, but trying to change that perception of myself. Nice. Yeah, it's same thing here, and it's I'll always love 8.5, and I'll always rag on foam, but it's it's uh, I think it just it's just another way to grow dodgeball wise. Um, it's it's not it's not as terrible as I used to think. Um, and last question: Team Taco or Team Pizza? Where are you? Where, where do you fall? I am Team Taco. Team Taco. All right. Which is a tough choice, but uh, the kicker goes to uh, a lactose intolerance issue. So oh well, <laughs> you won't have that problem with tacos if you you know skip out on the sour sour cream. So right, fair enough. Makes it easy. I, I love pizza, but I can only eat so much of it. It comes at great cost, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for uh, you know for hopping on. It was, it was great meeting you. I think it was during the Tyler Greer's uh, our the Dodgeball Tribune. Uh, what was that? Yeah, November. I yeah, think it was, was November. Feels like a long time ago, but um, yeah, it was, it was happy to have you on last year, and you know, looking forward to to doing it again for rounds two and three. So um, definitely appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for taking notes, and thanks for staying up past what one o'clock your time so um yeah i appreciate it and uh we'll talk soon yeah absolutely thanks steve all righty so that was a pretty uh thorough recap of the north region round one tournament that took place this past weekend and thank you so much uh rebecca eric and mark for for not only hopping on but also um enduring the time zone difference and staying up so late to help me do so I uh, hope it wasn't too weird that we dismissed each panelist as we could, um, but I kind of want to try something as well, and that's not only being respectful to the panelists' time, but also not holding them hostage. If they don't need to be here during the recap, um, maybe we can continue to kind of have that um, that slowly tapering off, um, just just because it's I, I can I can see it getting kind of tedious when you're there for like an hour and you've only been asked one question. That's another reason why I decided to divide up at least for the, the regions that have them, a open slash uh, potentially co-ed uh, division recap versus a women's recap because uh, there's just so much to cover. And um, I think with this panel, there's just a lot of rabbit holes we were able to kind of get into and just discuss teams and depth and, and strategies and players. And that's, that's really what this is about. Again, I've always said I definitely want to shout out as many players and teams as possible uh, to just make this interesting. And honestly, I think that's the main reason why we listen to recaps unless you're... Uh, search Ferrari where you just want scouting reports in which case I hope you enjoy your new, t- your new targets that I provided you but um, anyway huge congratulations to to Boosh for taking first uh, in open task force for taking second and Kaiju for taking third and then also congratulations to Dynasty for taking uh, first and pinch as well as Notorious for taking second and Final Justice for taking third it's gonna be really exciting to see how these teams develop throughout the course of the remaining uh, rounds up until nationals and I'm definitely looking forward to recapping uh, the North uh, for round two. So without uh, without any more to say, I am going to go ahead and just end it all there. And uh, if you're still listening, have a great uh, rest of your uh, evening, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. I'm going to end it as I'm, I'm ending the the rambling before I start rambling not uh yeah it's late it's late I'm hot smell bad full of coffee gotta go